0: This is the story of Stanley Ipkiss. Stanley, you are the nicest guy. <laughs> really, you are. Yeah. His job is at the bank. You're 40 minutes late. Now that's the same as stealing. I'm sorry, Mr. Dickey. It, it'll never happen again. He loves his dog. Come on, man. give him to me. Drop it! He's polite to his landlord. Ipkiss! Do you have any idea what time it is?
1: You know, Mrs. Painman?
0: What? And the most exciting thing in his life are his pajamas. But now... Hey, you! What are you doing down there? I'm just looking for my mask! All that is about to change. Because Stanley Ipkiss is not the man he used to be.
2: And so I thought, you know, I'll have something to talk about eventually when we're all vaccinated and we have to hang out. And everyone just talks about all the things they watched. Yeah. I cannot have a conversation about the movies that I have watched with you with them.
1: because Yeah, because you're like, hey, hey, you guys see Blazing Saddles? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. So I'm like, OK, I got to like keep up with the zeitgeist. So I yeah. watched WandaVision and it is hot garbage. Yeah. <laughs> It, I don't well, get it. I don't. I think there's something wrong with me because the majority of the world seems to love it.
1: So what what did it for me is, and of course, you saw it too. Is this morning there was a tweet that went viral, which Ooh. was, uh, which was a screenshot of a line from I think the most recent episode where Elizabeth Olsen's character says, "What is grief if not love persevering?" Which. Like, you and I get that idea because we listened to fucking Alkaline Trio. Yeah,
2: of course. (laughs)
1: Like, back in 08 or whatever. Yeah. And uh, we're like, oh, yeah, no, I I get that. Yeah, From Here
2: Infirmary covered that.
1: (laughs) So somebody posted it. I want to get the wording exactly right, so I'm going to pull the tweet up here. Oh, my God. But this person posted a screenshot of that line, What is grief if not love persevering? And they uh, said, do you hear that sound? It's every screenwriter in the world whispering a reverent fuck <laughs> under their breath. And it's like, look, it, folks, it, I don't know if this is going to make the episode. It probably won't. But I'm like, you can you can like Marvel stuff. That's fine. <clears throat> there's Marvel stuff I like. But don't, don't be like, nobody's ever written anything as profound as WandaVision before. <laughs>
2: Uh, I don't want to talk shit about the people who watch it. I just want to talk shit about what my experience was, which was (laughs) boredom, confusion, and annoyance. (laughs) I I know that I'm not, like, a cool nerd and I don't read those comic books. I read other ones. But, like, we're supposed to just, like, follow a plot that is, they don't lay it out.
1: No, they don't lay it out and you need to have watched four movies like Ugh, leading into it, I right? Can't do to get that.
2: it. I can't. It's too much yeah. it's too much. But what um, if
1: what if what if it was a screenshot of her and she was saying, Breathe in for luck, breathe in so deep.
2: <laughs> this, this air, air is, is blessed. blessed,
1: you share with you me. Share with me.
2: <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. It would be really yeah. cool if uh there was a Marvel writer who was emo. <laughs> I think we had a taste well, that's what, of it that, at Spider Man 3. No,
1: careful, careful what you wish for, because that's what got us Spider Man 3. Yeah!
0: <laughs> she's on the west side, looking at the Jersey skyline. She's in a real bad mode. Does so she <laughs> get right back to you? She in the longest day. When it's a great box highway, she's in a real bad mode. Does so she <laughs> right back to you?
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Probably Should Have Known Better, the podcast that celebrates comedy that has aged very poorly, all while being smokin'. Mm-hmm. I'm your smokin' co host, Tony Smokin' Ginocchio, more like just smokio, and joined as always by my smokin' co host, it's Nadia Vasquez.
2: Hello, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Because I made you watch this.
1: Yeah, so I know all, all of you listeners are saying, what movie could they have picked? <laughs> the I
2: hesitate to say the iconic The Mask.
1: <laughs> the iconic The Mask. I like it, 1994, <laughs> Is it iconic? 1994, directed by Charles Russell... Uh, look, here's the thing. I, if you go back to season two, we did our film on Ace Ventura Pet Detective, or episode on Ace Ventura Pet Detective, I should say. Um, which we could I
2: th- do a full season on that.
1: Yeah, I thought at the time uh, was a bad film, uh, but having <laughs> rewatched The Mask, <laughs> let me say Ace Ventura is good now.
2: Yeah, uh, I yeah Ace Ventura is fine.
1: Yeah, it it was a. Much better movie than The Mask. Now, Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber all came out in the same year, Mm -hmm. uh, 1994, which was the first year that Jim Carrey had starring roles in films. The following year, he did Batman Forever and Ace Ventura 2. So all five films combined have grossed over, like, one and a half billion dollars or something like that.
2: That's a really Uh, solid first two years.
1: Insane first two years. Insane. It was inescapable. And this is clearly before he had developed his chops as a straight man right. at all because yeah. even as uh stanley Ipkiss, which is the alter ego of the mask um he's not like that character i think is really poorly written <laughs> yeah
2: and he he still has his little mouth movements. yes i'm like yes. you gotta stop dude <laughs>
1: The opening so scene cute. when he's like, hey, I got you those concert tickets. I'm like, no, you're a normal guy in this scene. No, be a be normal. normal guy.
2: Yeah. Uh, anyways. Uh, it, takes m- a wh- it takes a while, you know? So, you got to see yourself a lot in five huge blockbusters to see your own bad habits. You know yeah. what I
1: mean? So this movie sucks ass, as you can tell. <laughs> um, you guys probably have not watched it in a long time, but you probably saw it when it came out. Um, and it's... it's just not entertaining at all this is loosely based on a uh, comic series published by dark horse created by doug Mankey and john arcudi um uh, stepping on
2: my former current events bud
1: oh sorry Uh, i will get (laughs) off of that but i'll i'll say the (laughs) film is about uh stanley ipkiss played by jim carrey a mild-mannered teller at the world's horniest bank in edge city And uh, gross
2: that it's called Edge City. Well, but, it's
1: know. the city where no one can jizz, and so <laughs> he, he. Sorry, Off just, to
2: a really good start, dude. Just
1: as a just as a tangent, uh, already. Uh, li- sharp-eared listeners know that I live in Chicago, and I used to take the Metra, uh, which is one of the commuter rails, back and forth to work. And uh, the doors on the train, there's a sign above the doors that says, this train, these doors use sensitive edging technology. <laughs> and I have never been in the little alcove when no one else was there to take a picture of it. And I can't just take a picture of the sign when someone else is there.
2: Yeah, no. <laughs> be... That makes you look really bad. <laughs>
1: and just to be like what are you doing and i'm like i'm pointing at the sign i'm like hell yeah bitch right
2: <laughs> well someday i really hope you can because i would love to see it uh in any
1: event <laughs> uh Stan Lee of Kiss, mild mannered bank teller he's a nice guy and so he can't uh can't hit it off with the ladies uh <laughs> he gets bossed around by his landlord and uh his life generally sucks and then uh he finds a mask in a canal which as it turns out is inhabited by the Norse god of mischief Loki uh which is kind of described in like a 2 minute scene with Ben Stein where they're like well we have to explain how this fucking happened <laughs> um when he puts the mask on he transforms into uh, a character called the mask who is basically an omnipotent looney tunes character Uh, that, uh, can do all sorts of wacky stunts and a lot of, a lot of like cartoony, like spinning around like the Tasmanian devil, uh, and, uh, and like bouncing off walls. And he appears to be indestructible and he basically gets into a fight with a local mob boss. Uh, and uh, eventually defeats him all while winning the heart of Tina Carlyle, played by Cameron Diaz in her first major film role, uh, in a role that basically could have been played by a giant piece of meat on a hook. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because her, I mean, let's just say it, her titties are out.
2: Her titties are out.
1: Most of the movie. And also, she's got a skirt that stops halfway down her ass.
2: Yeah, they didn't uh, even give her a really cool costume when she performs. She's just in a mini skirt.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah. now the mini skirt, I think, is to make up for the mask's jacket because the tails on that jacket go like 20 inches below <laughs> Jim Carrey's ass.
2: Yeah, Jim Carrey's extra clothed.
1: <laughs> um, and so, you know, uh, it's an iconic role for Jim Carrey. This was the highest grossing of the three films he starred in. Uh, in nineteen ninety four making uh three hundred and fifty one million dollars. Carey was nominated for a Golden Globe for his performance, which is insane to me. Uh speaking and this was of also the
2: Golden Globes are happening right now. As
1: we speak, as we're recording. Um, yeah. and uh this movie was once again an Oscar nominee, uh in this case for Best Visual Effects. Wow. Um and so uh this uh there's a lot that we're go- there's a lot to unpack in this movie because it's so poorly written. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, none of the characters are well developed. The only redeeming feature seems to be that there's a, a dog that's kind of cute. Um, and uh, other than that, this was a tremendous waste in- waste of time. I hated watching it. There's never been a better film for us to probably review.
2: Yeah. Totally. Uh, I just want to say I think that the Foley sound should have been nominated because it was very good.
1: There was good, so- very good sound uh, in this movie, um, meaning, like you said, the artist that made the sound did a good job. The choices of what sounds to include, <laughs> such as the dialogue and the Cuban Pete uh, musical number— <laughs> I disagree with.
2: I blocked that out. I forgot until you brought it back up. Oh,
1: Cuban Pete. We'll talk about Cuban Pete. Uh, Nadia, uh, oh, I see see you've updated the outline here. Uh, Would you like to tell us about Dark Horse Comics and about kind of the source material for this movie?
2: I would love to. So The Mask, as Tony mentioned, came out in 1994. So I covered the former current events of 1994 in the Ace Ventura episode. Go take a listen to that. So um, I wanted to... I was very excited when I saw Dark Horse Productions because I have to make my one My Chemical Romance reference per episode. <laughs> Gerard Way's uh, comics are on Dark Horse uh, Comics. So oh, okay. I wanted to do a little, little deep dive on The Mask, and um, it is very interesting. <laughs> I. Was very surprised that this was a comic book originally written by Doug Mankey and John Arcudi. The artists included Mark Badger, Chris Warner, and Keith Williams. And it's supposed to be a gritty, graphic, and violent series.
1: That's my understanding. Like, that it was dark. Like, this movie is not as dark as the comic, is what I understand.
2: It's very much not. Fans were really upset about it. I'll talk about that in our Common Sense Media section. Um, But yeah, they. It's. It's actually pretty horrendous. Uh, the the character of Ipkiss actually dies and is killed by Oof. his girlfriend and then someone takes over as the mask. Um, but it's actually a trilogy. It includes the mask, the mask returns and the mask strikes back. Not to be confused with the MCU, The Mask Cinematic Universe, which includes this movie and Son of the and Mask. And Son of the
1: Mask, right, with the, was it Jamie Kennedy?
2: Yeah. <laughs> he, he he fucks his wife while he's wearing the mask, and the baby absorbs the power of the oh, mask.
1: God damn it. It's mask cum. It's fucking mask it, cum. <laughs> it has
2: the power of the baby, or of the mask, as a child. It's, and Alan Cumming plays Loki. It's a lot. I don't want to watch that, but um it it was coming out in 1991 through 1995 and eventually ended in 2000 uh but yeah it the character was inspired by the Joker and Steve Ditko's version of Creeper and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde so it's like a bunch of character inspirations in one character who is actually the villain in most of the issues that came out so he was not this like zany and cute superhero they had to dumb him down basically to make this pg because yes this is a pg
1: movie (laughs) (laughs) completely Uh, insane
2: yeah so um the movie was produced by dark horse's production company dark horse productions which adapted (laughs) other comic series including tank girl mystery men alien vs. predator hellboy sin city and the umbrella academy which i was very excited about okay umbrella
1: umbrella academy's cool Hellboy, so Hellboy, the Guillermo del Toro movie, pretty good. Yes. Um I recently rewatched that. I liked that one with uh, Ron Perlman, and then uh, the uh, Mystery Men. Maybe the greatest cast movie of all time.
2: (laughs) So good. It's It's incredible,
1: incredible cast of actors. So
2: just keep in mind this is one of – this is the second uh, movie that Dark Horse produced. So it's not going to be great. They eventually get very good as we see as time goes on. (laughs) Yeah, this is the sophomore slump. Exactly. This is the last time – well, the last time you see The Mask in a comic book is a crossover with the Joker. They got some sort of –
1: just two Deal of the most DC. twisted men of all time.
2: We live in a society, <laughs> and so I was just fascinated by the history of it. Uh, it, they're very hard to find. The oh,
1: the books. comics. Oh, yeah, okay.
2: they're very difficult to find. But um, I mean, not like they're not worth anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's looking for them. So, is what I'm saying.
1: The mental image I have <laughs> is. The Joker and the Mask, and they're hanging out, and they're listening to Butterfly by Crazy Town. You know the song? Yeah. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady. And and one of them, it doesn't matter which one, one of them says, wow, who sings this? Boring Town? Because that's how crazy they are.
2: Sugar, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fascinated by just the world of comic books not so much like superheroes but antiheroes but mm-hmm. they took this one and just made him straight up the villain and yeah. to us in a very specific way he was the villain of our lives when we watched this
1: movie <laughs> he was definitely the villain of my sunday afternoon <laughs> <laughs>
2: really, really bad.
1: While my daughter was napping, just being like, well, here's how I'm going to spend this nap. Oh, no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what a waste. I'm so sorry. We had so many other choices, and I picked one that I just regretted. As soon as the first five minutes happened, I'm like, oh, this is bad. Well, and that's – okay, so let's let's
1: talk. I mean, we can just go straight into the movie here. Cause, let's like, do it. Let's talk about this because, like, uh, I mean, my first note in the outline, this sucks, man. But uh, my second note, I don't – like – the character that Jim Carrey plays when he's not the mask, Stanley uh-huh. Ipkiss, sucks. no, like, it oh, yeah. It's poorly written and poorly acted. And, like, if you see a, a Jim Carrey movie, even from a couple years later, and I think Liar Liar is a great example, e- like Bruce Almighty, our previous selection. We keep coming back to his movies a lot. Bruce yeah. Almighty, uh, previous selection. You know, when he's, when he's acting as the straight man in Bruce Almighty, I think he does a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, and Liar Liar, I think he does a great job, too. And this one, he's just, he's still doing Jim Carrey shtick. He's
2: he's a new to the screen actor. Like, he was on a sketch comedy show. You had to be really big. Yes. And I think, you know, we got to cut him a little bit of slack because it was one of his first movies.
1: Yeah. But, like, just, I mean, in the opening scene is like he he gets. um, Also, sorry, completely unnecessary scene where a diver gets crushed by a pipe and the mask escapes. Yeah, we. It's not. (laughs) We Not have to Im- kill
2: a guy to yeah. start the story. S- somebody
1: has to die right away. But um, also, yeah, the mask kills someone, by the way, in this movie. Yeah. Uh, he, he shoots a guy who dies later. Um, but anyways, opening scene at the bank is Stanley Ipkiss has bought two concert tickets for a female co-worker that he's trying to pick up. Um, and, and he immediately gets friend-zoned by her, right? She's that like, doesn't
2: exist, but yeah.
1: Um, so... <laughs> He, she's like oh yeah but i'm gonna take my best friend oh you're such a nice guy uh, which i hate,
2: I hate movies this. that
1: focus on the message like well he's a nice guy so he's getting shut out from, by the ladies the, um, my
2: first note on my handwritten notes while i was watching the movie is this is why men should not make
1: movies yeah i agree <laughs> I'm fine if we stop making
2: I I am <laughs> tired of the nice guy. But you know, we've been watching a lot of things from the 90s that was a message that was sent out where yes. you know you, you have to be the nice guy. Yes. but you're secretly an asshole.
1: But also like again, he's doing shtick. so he's like I got those concert tickets you wanted. And then later when he get after he gets shut out, he goes to his coworker who's another extremely horny dude and he's like I think <laughs> I'm wearing her down. And I just hate this shit. I know.
2: (laughs) I know. But don't worry. You don't have to watch it for too long because Cameron Diaz immediately walks in.
1: Immediately walks in. Hold the phone. I, too,
2: go around in a long red dress with a slit up to my cooch.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Hold the phone. Kill her at 3 o'clock. Yeah. Just, like, it's 9.30 in the morning on, like, a Tuesday and I'm going to the bank. I better show as much leg and tit as possible.
2: This, this is the perfect example of the opposite of George of the Jungle. Yes. <laughs> this is all the male gaze.
1: All male gaze. And uh, even even like the reaction shot from Carrie is like weirdly slow motion and mm-hmm. stylized like the vertigo shot where the background is fading out and the foreground's coming in or whatever. And I, I wrote at this point Ace Ventura was a more sophisticated filmmaking venture than yeah. this. And,
2: yeah. And uh, there – we haven't really gotten to any plot, except that he's nice.
1: He's a nice guy, and he appears to be horny. He smells her, or no, she hands off her jacket to the best, to the friend, the teller who's mm-hmm. a friend. He smells her jacket. Creepy. Which is creepy, and my understanding, not where the lady smells are. And <laughs> then.
2: <laughs> if she, you know, she sprayed herself in perfume before she walked out in her coat, but nobody does that.
1: No. Uh, no. Regardless. Forget it, forget it. Regardless he you know Ipkiss goes to help her. he jams his pen in the pencil sharpener. He can't help her because he has this enormous boner that he can't <laughs> fucking deal with and uh, but as we learn very quickly, Tina Carlisle, the the character played by Diaz is a she's casing the bank. She has a camera and she's filming the security guard shift change.
2: That's correct, and uh, getting a good view of the vault, which Mm -hmm. will inevitably get robbed by um, some guy whose name I don't even know because it doesn't matter.
1: Uh, Dorian, if we're talking about the the main antagonist in the film. yeah,
2: Right. Like most hot ladies, she, of course, has a shitty boyfriend that a (laughs) nice guy has to save her from. So she's dating Dorian and helping him by making everyone horny and getting some inside information. But we learned that there is a little bit of a plot point about him which is that he is doing this without the okay of the big boss, Nico.
1: Yes, the Dorian, yeah, is going rogue, right, from the mob. Yeah,
2: but again, it doesn't matter. You don't care.
1: <laughs> it, it doesn't really come back in the story. Um, instead, we get more establishment that Stanley Ipkiss is a schmuck. Um, right. He goes to the auto mechanic to pick up his Honda Civic. He's a loser. He drives a Honda Civic. Um, and you know, they, the auto mechanics, you know, Bill him or whatever. Uh, and they give him the loner, which is just a sad beat up car. Um, and it's old. And then he tries to go to the Coco Bongo club, which is the name of an actual place that, uh, most of the movie takes place in. And, uh, can't get in the club. Bouncer throws him in the puddle. I wrote at this point, have we done enough to establish yet that he's a loser?
2: Question: What year does this take place? Because they are in the forties. The way it, some people talk, are they're in the forties? Some people yeah. are fucking like they're in the twenties. The costuming is so off.
1: Costuming is real weird in this movie.
2: Really weird. Some people are, are dressed like they're in the eighties, but it. I don't. I don't get it.
1: And also the the um because there's so obviously it's inspired by a comic, right? So I get that there's right. going to be some stylized looks here, mm-hmm. but also there's clear like not subtle, very clear points where they're saying, this is like a Looney Tune. <laughs> so, <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, in his house, everywhere yes. you look, there's an establishing shot of a Looney Tune's VHS tape on every surface of his
1: home. Yes, when he puts on the mask for the first time and spins around like a tornado, you can see a Taz pillow mm-hmm. on his couch in the shot at the same time because the director is going, it's like Taz, who... <laughs> In 1994, Taz was king of the Looney Tunes. I get it. Uh, yeah,
2: I have him on a sweatshirt.
1: Right. Yeah, most people <laughs> did. <laughs> but uh, in, in any event, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But, like, yeah, every everything everything is off in terms of the art direction, um, the dialogue and how it's written, the costuming. You're right, Nadia. And kind of where they're taking cues from. Yeah. Um, and so, in any event, uh, Carrie drives home from the club because he can't get in. Car breaks down on the bridge. And what does he see?
2: He sees a man in the water.
1: <gasps> is it? Is oh, it the, God. Oh, gosh. Well, he's going to be a hero and dive in. Nope. It's a it's bunch, the of, mask. It's a bunch <laughs> of trash and a mask.
2: Oh, uh, I, I forgot about that. And I thought, oh, there's a dead guy in the water. I don't remember that. It's It was an illusion. <laughs> Cause we're stupid, <laughs>
1: um, and uh, you know, I would say, what happens next? He goes to his apartment, right? He gets. We're like
2: well into the movie at this point, by yeah. the way. we are at least twenty minutes in. This movie is very long.
1: We're not. We're not quite twenty minutes in, because I made a note of when he became the mask.
2: Oh, okay, okay, okay <laughs> and
1: it's cool. between minute fifteen and twenty,
2: okay. uh,
1: and I think that's okay. That's yeah. better than most movies we watch, to be honest. Yeah.
2: That's fair, that's fair. So um he brings the mask home, he doesn't really know what it is, but it's shining in a really green way.
1: <laughs> and his you know, he's got a miserable life, he got kicked out of the club, he can't uh can't get a girl, and he his landlady hates him and yells, turn down those cartoons. So he's like, Well, the only thing that makes sense right now is to put on this mask.
2: That was in the river, was in covered the in garbage. <laughs> I would not do that, especially during coronavirus times. No thank you.
1: Now, that's not to say that masks are bad, folks. Masks, you should be wearing. Just not this Th- mask.
2: Not the mask.
1: <laughs> um, so he puts on the mask, spins around like a tornado immediately. He is in a bright yellow suit. He's got a giant green head, <laughs> giant teeth. <laughs> looks at the camera, and baby, you know he's got to say it right away. S- smoke Smokey.
2: Um, I just want to point out, one of the drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race last week wore a uh, tribute to the mask and ended up getting tore up by the judges. <laughs>
0: like... They're like,
2: what is this reference? We don't understand this <laughs> reference. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Her name is Rosé. I was like, Rosé, you picked the straightest movie to make a tribute to.
1: <laughs> I, that, that's the funniest possible. I, I thought you were going to be like, yes, uh, she did a tribute to The Mask and then was served with cease and desist papers halfway through. No.
2: No, she had, like, the yellow, she had a yellow, uh, like, a zoot suit, but she made it into a dress, and her face was green, and nobody understood what she was doing.
1: And, you know, it's probably, it's probably good nobody remembers this movie. Yeah, (laughs) Um, I
2: think Dumb and Dumber is definitely the superior of the two.
1: And uh, would you say it's superior to Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, as well?
2: Dumb and Dumber, yeah, absolutely. Okay,
1: because it's the lowest grossing of those three.
2: The best part of that movie is his improvised line outside the 7-Eleven where the guy's drinking the big big yes. gulp. He's like, you got a big gulp, huh?
1: Yeah. See All right, see
2: you later. <laughs> <laughs> so good.
1: I didn't know he ad-libbed that. My respect for uh, Jim Carrey is restored. Uh, okay, good. But uh, now let's take it away again because it's just his first scene is the mask. And he's just like, how much fucking shtick can I put into this scene? Uh, Just a lot. It's party time. P-A-R-T. Why? Because I gotta. And just I wrote and like I wrote, oh, wow, this is a lot. Do
2: you do you think he ad lived all of his mask stuff the way that Robin Williams ad lived the genie?
1: Uh, when did the, this was ninety four? Aladdin might have been no. Aladdin was earlier than this, wasn't it? It I was think like
2: ninety one or ninety two.
1: Yeah, you're right. So maybe, maybe he saw. Maybe it.
2: they were like, we gotta give him free reign.
1: Yeah, we gotta we gotta let him off the leash.
2: <laughs> Never do that with Jim Carrey. Haven't you seen the documentary?
1: <laughs> and I'm and I'm, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but the the. You know, like I said, I used to be critical of Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and we, you know, we had some things to critique in Bruce Almighty, but Tom Shadyak, who directs both those films, fucking, and he directed Nutty Professor as well, but you know what? He fucking just sets up a scene super normal, (laughs) gets everyone to hit their marks, and those movies, Tom Shadyak's movies don't fail because Shadyak directed them. They fail because they're appalling scripts.
2: Yeah. But...
1: Uh, but I still
2: I still stand by Ace Ventura not being that
1: bad. I it's honestly again in the light of this movie I am developing warmer feelings for Ace Ventura.
2: Thank you. You know, I think it was the Shark Tale episode where I called you out for losing your sense of It really what like
1: you really did shake something in me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so now things are changing. We got to go back and redo all of our episodes. No,
1: absolutely not.
2: <laughs> you got to watch, uh, watch Garden State Garden again. Garden
1: State bringing down the house entourage season one
2: i will never ever watch bringing down the house again um, oh god well okay so this is the first time we're seeing the mask yeah i don't remember what happens because this it, again it doesn't matter well he
1: he walks at one point he tries to sneak past his landlady but a cartoon alarm clock jumps out of his pocket <laughs> and he has to smash it with a cartoon uh, mallet Mm -hmm. And then he uh, hits a giant, you know, so he's a cartoon like that. I mean, he's not animated in the film, but like he has the abilities of a cartoon character. So he can just pull a pull a giant mallet out of his pants for no reason. Right. I
2: mean, for 94, this probably blew a lot of minds. I
1: mean, I, I think for well, this is this is a year after Jurassic Park. Like that's my that's my dividing line for how good should visual effects have been, is did they already do Jurassic Park?
2: I see. And they did in this
1: movie. (laughs) They also, the other interesting thing, I said this was nominated for Best Visual Effects at the Oscars. The movie that won Best Visual Effects that year was Forrest Gump um, because they digitally inserted Tom Hanks into, you know, all these moments in history.
2: Yeah, and Lieutenant Dan. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He required a lot of visual effects.
1: (laughs) So, in any event, um, he, you know, he uh, goes, you know, he the landlady comes out and tries to shoot him with a shotgun, but he bounces around the hallway like a ping pong ball. Again, if this were the comic, he would have murdered this that lady. This raises a
2: huge question. Exactly, and this raises a huge question from me. Why is everyone okay with his face being green? <laughs> like, this lady's the only one who has a realistic reaction which is to look at him and scream
1: and get a gun but
2: nobody else in the rest of, you get a gun and nobody else in the rest of the movie is like why is this motherfucker green
1: like for that is exactly right and i didn't even think of that but for the rest of the movie every he's interacting with like fucking mobsters and stuff and at no point are they like th- like at no point are th- they're not crazy. thrown by any of this they're just like this is just no. another guy we can shoot
2: yeah, this was pre-Alphaba. People weren't not pro-green.
1: Yes, and that's you know. So I use Jurassic Park as my dividing line for effects, and I use Alphaba as my dividing line for people <laughs> with green faces.
2: That story tells a long tale about prejudice, <laughs> in a much better way than this one.
1: Yeah, but also prejudice I think,
2: against the nice guy.
1: I think the I think the B plot about animals being able to talk in Wicked you probably could have cut that. Uh, yeah. A- anyways. Yeah uh so he goes out into the street and then he uh gets accosted by a i would say relatively diverse looking street gang
2: yeah it was like the united colors of bennington punk
1: (laughs) (laughs) and and, uh and so uh we get like 10 minutes of him doing bits
2: yeah, he makes them, uh, what are they called, balloon animals. Yeah, and, but then he
1: uh, he makes himself a Tommy gun balloon animal and right. uses it to shoot them.
2: Nobody dies yet. <laughs> so that's good. My question also, another question that I have, is in every movie where there's a shootout of some kind, nobody actually gets shot for the most part. For the most I part. Would, I would say... That the chances of getting shot at a shootout are higher. <laughs>
1: Insane number of bullets fired in this movie. Because it's, there's multiple shootouts, some with the police, some with the mobs. Everybody's using automatics. <laughs> like
2: it's, it's very, I guess this is the violence that the comic book kids would be excited to see. But yeah. probably were horrified. When, you know, somebody's spleen didn't explode, you know?
1: Um, well, I'll tell you the other violence they were excited to see is when Jim Carrey went to the mechanic to get his car back.
2: It's very upsetting to me that the what ends up happening to these people is that they get things rammed up their butts. He
1: gets, like, mufflers shoved in their buttholes.
2: Yeah. That's disturbing.
1: Anyways. But Stanley Upkiss wakes up the next morning and, hey, guess what? It was all a dream.
2: It was all a dream. There's no way that could have been real. Or was was it? (laughs) I have a green face.
1: (laughs) Um, So uh, basically there's a knock on his door. The cops are investigating the landlady getting attacked.
2: Please Uh, remember, though, that he's wearing silly pajamas. Silly
1: pajamas. Chekhov's shitty pajamas. (laughs) Say what you want about this movie, but goddammit, there's a three-act structure.
2: Yes, there is. So the cop comes to the door. He's like, do you know about the incident that happened last night? He's trying to deny it because obviously it was him and opens the closet to uh, hide the mask. And it's filled with the money that he stole from the bank.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He also robbed the bank. I don't fucking know.
2: <laughs> we forgot to mention the most important plot point. Yeah, he robbed the bank. Which is that he robbed the bank. Yeah. Uh, when he was robbing the bank... The guys who were supposed to rob the bank got there too late. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, police. And instead of running away, they started shooting at the police. (laughs) That makes no sense. If I was, like, handwriting notes to this, I would write logic, question mark?
1: Yeah, mobsters uh, famously usually just grease the wheels with money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: Um. so what... (sighs)
1: Anyways, this, this is movie all stupid. Sucks. This movie sucks. Okay, let, let's just skip to the next scene. Let's get to the next okay, scene. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, basically, uh, uh, Stanley Ipkiss basically has left his apartment. He's like, I don't want to be the mask anymore because I clearly did some fucked up shit that I don't remember very well. And then he goes to the bank and he's with this his- This is wh-
2: like the nutty professor. It is like the nutty remember- professor. These and, men do horrible things and then they quote don't remember. Yeah. That.
1: Well, it's like it's like in fucking season 2 of Buffy when Angel becomes evil. That's what it, it's exactly <gasps> like that.
2: <sighs> that that hurts though.
1: As in, I mean fuck inc- Jeff Sweden. Incredible storyline written by what we now know to be one of the worst people.
2: <laughs> yeah, fuck him. <laughs> but it makes sense that he would use that storyline all uh, uh, okay. Anyways,
1: um so he gets to work and he's with his horny friend and his horny friends like here's another hot woman we can be horny over and it's a it's a newspaper reporter um a former advice columnist trying to hack it as a reporter so right away just just like this laziest fucking we got to make this woman say some more exposition uh type of thing cuz yeah it turns out Stanley Ipkiss has written to this advice columnist
2: but before. we never get to hear his letter <laughs> But it, we know that he was called Nice Guys Finish Last. Yes. <laughs> and
1: so so we don't get to read his letter, but we know what's in the letter.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but she says that there are hundreds of women in Edge City, I'm sure there are, who are looking for someone like him. Yeah. Who's nice.
1: Yeah. Um, And so, uh, so that kind of spurs him to be like, Okay, I'm going to go I'm gonna go back to the club to win over Tina Carlisle, the hot, sexy dancer at the Coco Bongo Club, but I'm going to go as the mask, and I'm yeah. confident. Yeah, because
2: he, he's sexy. Yes. And green.
1: And he's sexy and green. Actually, I have it here in my notes. This is the part where he breaks into the bank. Oh. He breaks into I mean, the bank on his second outing of the mask as the mask to get cash. And, and then sh- of
2: course the black guy dies. The
1: black guy dies. He has a shootout with the mobsters who are also there to rob the bank. He killed. He literally kills one of them. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the club, and we have. And I did not think of this until just now. The literal short skirt, long jacket scene, <laughs> where
2: <laughs> that's so good.
1: <laughs> where uh, Jim Carrey as the mask sits in the back of the club in his long, long jacket. Cameron Diaz. <laughs> comes out to sing a ballad, uh, and uh, the mask reacts uh, like a fucking Looney Tune.
2: Yeah, he's horny. His tongue falls out of his mouth because his jaw is humongous and his falls eyes the bug table. out.
1: His heart he's is his heart. pumping out. He turns into a wolf and goes ah woo, which is an echo of the cartoon he was watching um, earlier in the movie, and then he jumps on the stage and like turns the band cool.
2: Yeah, they were wearing white coats, now they're wearing black coats.
1: The coolest color.
2: <laughs> and fedoras. This is probably around the time fedoras came in. This back.
1: was the swing revival. 94, this would have been like Big Bad Voodoo Daddy and yeah. Cherry Poppin' Daddies <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, so this was swing revival. Everyone uh,
2: was okay with those guys being called Cherry Poppin' Daddies?
1: They fucking... I, I don't remember if I told you this before, but... They perform – Cherry Pop and Daddies performed at like the MTV Music Awards or whatever. Back, you know, back when they were popular. And nice. Stacy remembers <clears throat> watching them as a kid. And they bleeped the word beer in Zoot Suit Riot, but they still introduced the band as Cherry Pop and Daddies.
2: <laughs> I guess you have to. I don't know if any. I've, I haven't heard the Gen Z kids use that euphemism because they're just like. Virginity is a construct. They're like, which I they're love. like
1: we're beyond sex. We're post-sex.
2: <laughs> we're post-sex. <both>
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what all the Gen Z kids sound like to me.
0: <laughs> I'm crying.
1: You're post-sex, but how do you come? We all are come.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm crying.
1: So, anyways, uh, they do a big, cool swing dance number.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was the coolest part of the movie. It's for good, me. good
1: choreography, I think. Um, yeah. It and does you could feel tell that Jim Carrey
2: did a lot of it.
1: Uh, it, again, it feels like we are like one notch above Spider Man 3. Um, <laughs> but the mob, because the mob owns this club, they just had one of their guys die in the bank robbery. Uh, so they come out to the dance floor and they start shooting at the mask because uh, he killed uh, their guy. And because the mask can't die, he just does a lot of bits of, like, mm-hmm. monologues before dying. Um,
2: yeah. He um, he lays in one of the bad guy's arms and dramatically gives a monologue in many accents. Yes.
1: Uh, long so scene, dumb. and that ends with someone walking in from out of frame to hand him a fake Oscar, which is, uh, like, uh, white and clear because they did not get the rights to use <laughs> an actual Academy Award.
2: Or a SAG award. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that would have been hilarious if it, it was.
2: It if, looks if, vaguely like the SAG statue.
1: Yeah, that would have been hilarious if it was. Uh, if it was just like a guild award, that would have been amazing. But
2: <laughs> yeah, um, it's a lot. I think this is where you know they had some written bits, and then they were like, "All right, Jen, but also this one's riff. for you." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this one's for you. Have fun. I'm sure everyone was cracking up on the set. Yeah. I don't. You had to be there, I guess.
1: And uh, so that scene ends, I guess. He wakes up the next morning. (laughs) He's got a closet full of cash. Right. um, And the detective comes back to his door because... (gasps) Because when the mask was shot last night, it ripped off part of his jacket. And that jacket transformed back into Ipkiss's pajamas. And the detective... When he goes to the club, recognizes the pajamas, and is like, "Ah, we've established that I know what these pajamas are. It's time to visit Ipkiss."
2: Right. I like the idea of magical of a magical mask that changes your clothes with your personality and overall demeanor. And when you take off a sock, it'll just be a regular <laughs> sock, <laughs> and not like the mask sock, which I'm sure is very cool. <laughs> Cashmere, even, yeah. and you're just like a normal Hane sock now. Like that, it's pretty cool magic. <laughs> it's like, like... Loki really knew what he was doing. Yeah,
1: Loki. Loki really uh, crossed his t's and dotted his i's here. <laughs> he
2: covered all his bases.
1: Um, so that happens. So like the detectives are on his case. Uh, they think he's the mask. They go back to Horny Bank. Tina stops by Horny Bank. And she says to Stanley Ipkiss, she's like, I'm so horny for the mask. I want to see him again.
2: Really weird. Yeah. That is a really weird scene. And he's like, super creepy guy. He's like, yeah, I can arrange it. You know, he's my friend. I know
1: him. I know him. him." Yeah. It's like, so first of all, if you're Cameron Diaz's character, if you're Tina, how do you not conclude from all of this? Oh, he's clearly the mask.
2: Yeah. Why is your friend green? Another question. (laughs) That could have been
1: asked. Uh, just, just, uh, I don't know. So it, it's also, just like. I
2: thought, I thought oh. she was going to ask Jim Carrey to arrange a meetup because she's still working for Dorian. Mm. I thought that that was where this was going. No. She legitimately is horny for the
1: mess. It's literally just like a two-minute scene so they can set up a later scene where Jim Carrey can riff that he's a French guy for ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's a very, it's all very creepy, but they deem it as hopeless
1: romantic. Yes. Yes, that's how it's described later in the film, which is insane. It's oh.
2: horrifying.
1: Because he's clearly a fucking incel. Anyways. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's why incels think, you know incels are watching the mass.
1: Yeah, this is the template for, (laughs) this is the movie that they use to develop their ideology. They're like, how do I become a Chad? You know, green, spinning around all the time. I love swing music. I say smoking.
2: I I need veneers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have giant fucking teeth. It's like, there's one fucking intel who, like, didn't get the memo, and he actually thinks The Mask is the right movie. So instead of getting, like, the jawline surgery, he he gets giant fucking teeth, like, horse teeth.
2: It's horrifying. It's horrifying. Well, um, what happens next? He
1: sees Ben Stein is what happens next.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ben Stein gives us the lowdown on Loki. Yeah. And how this mask is... It could be. I mean, it's not a magical mask. It's based Mr. on mythology. Mr. Ipkiss, there's
1: no such thing as magic, but this mask appears to be an ancient representation of the god of mischief, like that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, and and Ipkiss is, is losing it. He's yeah. like, I, I have to see Tina tonight. Do I go as myself or do I go as the mask? To a random stranger.
1: And Stein gets the best line in the film uh, right in response, which is, if I tell you, do you promise to leave my office right now?
2: <laughs> that's the best line in the film, folks.
1: That's, I mean, that's how I would feel. I, I really identified with that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would be way less nice, I think. <laughs> um,
1: so uh, we get to, like, the scene in the park. Uh, where,
2: ah, the scene in the park. Where
1: Tina shows up, Ipkiss is there, and he's like, let me go behind Bush. And get my friend the mask. Yeah, this and, is and so of course, bad. This is course, so. Ba- they don't even try to string these fucking scenes together. I'm sorry. I'm mad now.
2: <laughs> well, first of all, you didn't mention that her titties are still out.
1: Oh, her titties are out the whole fucking movie. I <laughs> I just assumed.
2: So these, this bitch's titties are out, okay? And he sits with her, and they try to have a heart-to-heart, but he has no game because he's an incel. So he goes around the bushes, transforms into the mask, finally making the decision that he is not worthy of this goddess, and then turns into a French mask. French mask. <laughs> and she's all excited because it's the mask. I don't know... What kind of direction they gave Cameron Diaz because, in some shots, some of the coverage is her being very excited to see him, and in other parts and other cuts, she's terrified.
1: Just and some of the dialogue here, which I assume at least some of this had to be ad libbed, right? Is mm-hmm. like, Yeah, our love is like a red, red rose, and I am a little thorny, and mm. uh, like Napoleon, I will divide and conquer. Like, just awful,
2: yeah. But you know what? The lieutenant guy who's yeah. been on Ipkiss's case is hiding in the bushes.
1: Yeah, everybody's hiding in the bushes in this scene. So he comes out. He yells, freeze. The mask literally freezes. Um, And uh, yeah. mm-hmm. the cops go to arrest him. During the arrest, Jim Carrey says, where's a camcorder when you need one? Which definitely uh, hits different in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, then, I believe this is where we have our musical number?
2: Yeah, this is the point where I went to the bathroom. <laughs> and I, t- I took a bong rip. <laughs> it's the only way to get through the remaining 40 minutes of the movie. <laughs>
1: it's, it, if you, yeah, I mean, yeah, you need to, you need some sort of, you need some sort of substance for this film, folks. <laughs> yeah, so,
2: Tony, yeah. It's because I missed part of the dance number, because I could not handle it, tell us what it was about. So
1: it's a, it's a rumba number, and it's called Cuban Pete. <laughs> um, and uh, let me see. I want to see if, like, I can get the lyrics up here. Yes, I can. Uh, they call me Cuban Pete. I'm the king of the rumba beat. When I play the maracas, I go, chicky, chicky, boom, chick, chicky, boom yes sir i'm cuban pete i'm the craze of my native street when i start to dance everything goes chick chicky boom chick chicky boom uh and so this goes on for a full five minutes pause
2: i'm so happy that you sang it because you didn't commit to singing the george of the jungle theme a few episodes ago or any of the
1: songs from greece (laughs)
2: And, yeah, or any of the songs from Greece, and I really want you to have confidence. And because you did this today, I know that there has been growth through this season.
1: Um, so this goes on forever, and, uh, and he gets the other cops to sing along. It becomes like a full-fledged, like, choreographed <coughs> song and dance number. Um, and... Yes, the
2: god of mischief has many powers, which is to get people to sing a song that no one's heard before. That yeah, they all th- This
1: is an original song. The credited artist, if you Google Cuban Pete lyrics, is Jim Carrey.
2: <laughs> Did he sing it?
1: Yeah, he sings it.
2: Oh. Yeah. I thought they got, like, a singer guy.
1: No, I think it's him. Oh. <laughs> um,
2: That's good. Let me listen to the Mass soundtrack later. <laughs> <laughs> I'll check it out.
1: Um, so he eventually runs away because um, hot reporter lady or whatever picks him up and uh, drives him to a warehouse and tells him, uh, basically she's like, I figured out that you're really Stanley Ipkiss, but don't worry. You, Stanley Ipkiss, are everything you needed to be. Which is a lie. She was just buying time uh, for the mobsters to get there.
2: Yeah, and he wasn't wearing the mask at that point. So yeah. he he basically has been found out everyone knows that he is the mask so there's no hiding from all of the crimes that he has committed yeah and don't worry the mob is here so that they can end his life and he has to face no consequences
1: yeah so uh the mobsters come dorian takes the mask and puts it on oh my god and now he's evil mask
2: now he is a power rangers villain
1: yeah he does look like a power rangers villain and he sounds like one
2: yeah they put that filter on his voice so it sounds like a demon.
1: <laughs> the other important thing, which is like I think a really big failing of this film, is when Dorian is the mask. He seems to have no additional powers other than a lower voice.
2: Yeah. Like, he
1: still uses guns to kill people.
2: <laughs> yeah. He I, I, he does have a moment we'll talk about later where his tongue gets very long,
1: Ugh. but that's it. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, So then the mobsters, as they do, uh, turn Dorian into the police, or turn Ipkiss into the police.
2: Yeah, he just, they just stick him in the car. The lieutenant's like, what? Do you think Ipkiss is just going to fall into my lap? That's what happens. They throw him into his lap in the car, and uh, he goes to jail.
1: Goes to jail. Tina visits him in jail and reveals that she loves him. Uh, How? I don't know. Girl,
2: you don't know him? Girl, his face is green. His face
1: is green, girl. And so uh, she leaves, and, like, she leaves the jailhouse and takes two steps and oh, is God. abducted by a mobster and is dragged away screaming. Like, like again, she is two steps away from the police headquarters, and yeah. Carrie is yelling at the cop outside his cell. What? Can't you hear that woman? Go and get her. And the cop's like, nah. So, in that respect, pretty accurate, I think, depiction of.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The cops hate women. We get it. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: yeah, so, uh, but something very important happens, which is the mobsters go to Ipkiss's apartment and find the money that he stole. Yes. But his dog is so smart and hides from them, slips through the door, and goes to find Stanley at in the jail. <laughs>
1: Now, I thought at first this was the same dog from Fraser. It's not. Um, no. But it looks looks kind of like him. Um,
2: yeah, he has the same intellect as a wishbone. They're,
1: they're both very smart dogs, yes. And this yeah. is definitely wishbone level, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> this one, he doesn't chat about, like, great expectations or yeah. anything like that, but he does know how to find keys and jump really high.
1: He j- does a super jump into Stanley Ipkiss' cell, out through the bars, grabs the keys off the sleeping cop
2: okay just so you know tony is describing this in the most succinct manner but it's at least a 10 minute (laughs) it's a long
1: scene this movie this movie's so bad i'm sorry um (laughs) so carrie gets out uh and uh the lieutenant catches him and carrie does have like one kind of funny line which is i'm warning you i'm seriously stressed out here
2: Um, Yeah, and so he takes the cop hostage to go down to the club because he's got to save Tina.
1: He's got to save Tina. Act three, motherfuckers. And so we get to uh, the club. Uh, This is insane to me. The club is in the middle of a fundraiser where cash is being poured into a giant paper mache piggy bank that reads War Orphans Fund on the side.
2: Filled with cash, like a piñata.
1: Like, what is this?
2: It's so... Oh, God. I mean, maybe that was from the comics. We don't know.
1: Yeah, I I guess.
2: I'm trying to not be full of vitriol. Yeah, I get it.
1: Okay, so Jim Carrey gets the club. He says, Daddy's going to have to kick some ass. And then Cameron Diaz, for some reason, is tied up in the middle of the club. They've set a... Again... They could have done this with Ipkiss, they could have done it with Tina, they have guns, they can shoot these people in the head so that mm-hmm. they don't come back to fight them later. Right. No, but in- <laughs> they
2: have to set up an explosive.
1: Yes. We're going to put a bomb on a ten minute timer. We're going to tie Tina Carla. We're going to put a bomb on a ten minute timer. We're going to start the timer while we still have shit to do in the club.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They didn't think, like, all right, so we have a two-minute timer. That gives us enough time to run outside because the door is there. Right. We got to have that exit plan. They're like, no, we need to conclude the denouement (laughs) of this fucking story. Sorry.
1: So we're gonna tie Tina to the pole. We're gonna start the timer on ten minutes. While it's running, we're gonna finish. You know, we're gonna finish taking the money. You know, we're gonna take our time, yeah. and then Tina.
2: And then we gotta make out.
1: Okay, so describe this scene, Nadia, because if I do it, I'm gonna get too angry.
2: Okay, so Tina has a bright idea, a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky idea, which is that she wants to kiss Dorian before she dies and explodes in a fire. And he's like, "Okay." And Nothing suspicious
1: kiss... about this. I love it.
2: No, not at all. It's uh, And he sticks out his Gene Simmons tongue like he's going to lick her face. And she's like, ew, no. I want to kiss Dorian, the last man I really loved. <laughs> Poor Cameron Diaz. I have mad respect for Cameron Diaz as an actor, if you've seen her in My Best Friend's Wedding. And also Charlie's Angels. She's very she's good. She's good in
1: Charlie's Angels.
2: She was given very little in this movie. <laughs> and... and Oh, it's just so bad. So Dorian takes off his mask and he goes in to kiss her. It's a very long, lingering kiss, but she kicks the mask out of his hand.
1: <gasps> also, the the one thing here is when she's like, "No, I want to kiss Dorian." And the mobster's like, "Hey, Dorian, the bomb is still ticking."
2: <laughs> He's like, "There's always time. There's for always last time kiss. for one last kiss." That's so fucking gross. <laughs> Ugh, why, every man is so creepy in this movie. Um, yeah, so the mask, it, it flies across the room. It's in slow motion. Everybody's diving to get it. Grown men cannot catch this. They were picked last in gym class. That's why they're mobsters. That's why they're mobsters.
1: That's how it happens.
2: But the, <laughs> but the dog, Stanley's dog, is a great frisbee catcher, which is established many times in the movie, and we forgot to mention that. It and doesn't matter. He catches matter. the mask. And he puts it on. What
1: the dog wearing the mask? <laughs> so and the
2: dog is peeing on everyone, biting everyone's ass, and he's laughing like a, a little old man. Like
1: <laughs> he's so fucking twisted. That dog.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's the Deus ex machina of this story. More like
1: dogus ex machina. Oh, and,
2: that was good.
1: That um, wasn't very good at all. And so, <laughs> in any event, the mask eventually gets back to Eepkiss. Yeah. Um, and he jumps behind the bar and puts on the mask, and immediately. You thought you
2: were. You thought that they were gonna end this movie without seeing the mask again. <laughs> you thought. What are you,
1: a fucking idiot? <laughs>
2: You fucking idiot. No, the mask is back, and they shot through him. He's full of holes, that he drinks from his cocktail, and all the cocktail comes out of the holes because He's, the mask is back, baby. He
1: says, did you miss me? And then he drinks cocktails, and all the it comes out of all the bullet holes, and he goes, I guess not. Uh-huh. Uh, and then immediately does another Dirty Harry bit, because if there's one thing Jim Carrey loves.
2: This is Clint Eastwood.
1: It's doing Dirty Harry
2: he loves
1: him he's good at it uh get some cartoon guns and then and you knew we were going to talk about this scene he grabs the bomb which is literally like six sticks of dynamite in a clock a very cartoonish bomb mm-hmm. grabs a bomb swallows the bomb hole and yep. explodes in his stomach and he belches out a fireball and he goes that's a spicy meatball." the ball so look
2: I knew this was going to (laughs) happen.
1: Obviously, 1994 and 2021 are different (laughs) times. 2021, we've made so much progress in Italian representation. We're finally getting our first Pixar film this year.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you guys are monsters. But we're
1: sea monsters. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But we made it through almost this entire film without a single Italian joke. And we got to get one in before the buzzer, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it makes no sense to me. I worry about his intestinal tract when he takes the mask off. Like, is he going to have just really bad shits? Yeah, does
1: his Does his tummy go back to a normal Stanley Ipkiss tummy?
2: We don't know. These are questions that will never be answered. Maybe they will cover it in Son of the Mask. We don't know. We haven't seen it. Yeah, before. we're
1: not going to watch Son of the Mask. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: Jamie Kennedy's in it. No thanks. Uh,
1: so, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so he saves the day, is... I guess, is what happens.
2: Yeah, and then he wants to get rid of the mask, so uh, they he throws it over the bridge that he originally found it on, and then his friend jumps in after it. But the dog is so smart and so fast, he got the mask before he could, and... Don't know what happens
1: after that. He throws the mask over the river. This is the next day, and he's with Tina, and he's like, Tina, did you really love me, or did you love the mask? And she helps him throw it over the river, and, and then they smooch. And then he pulls, <laughs> Carrie pulls away from the smooch and says, Smokin'! And as as Ipkiss. And then he smooches her again, and then incredibly freeze-frame, <laughs> uh, which I didn't know we, we did, uh, but uh, freeze-frame, and then the movie's over. And... This um, this would be I would say near the bottom of my list for the season, Nadia.
2: Yeah, hot garbage. I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> it's okay. There is. <sighs> it, it's incredible that this made 351 million dollars to me, and It's in incredible that this was
2: referenced so much. It,
1: it, like that's the thing is like the mark on pop culture. Like everybody was saying, "Somebody stop me" and shit like that. Like
2: yeah, I guess you could say that. Well, Napoleon Dynamite is good, but I you could say that about the weekend after Napoleon. Dynamite. Dynamite came out. Yeah. Everyone was going like, gosh.
1: But Napoleon Dynamite like is melancholy and moves your soul in ways that this movie does not.
2: That is true. Would you would you say this was your uh less good than Garden State or better than Garden
1: State? You know, that's a really good question. So I was doing an exercise where I was like thinking through my ranking of the films from this season. Okay. And I think this is, I would probably say this is like the third worst because I think Shark Tale and Nutty Professor <laughs> are both worse movies than this. But I did not think about it in the context of um, the other seasons. I think if I had to wa- God, if you put a gun to my head and you're like, you have to watch Garden State or The Mask, <laughs> i I would let you shoot me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I would watch Garden State.
1: I would probably watch Garden State too, actually, because Garden State is, like, the kind of bad that I think I derive some enjoyment from.
2: Yeah, sure. Like, there's yeah, stuff Yeah, you I... gotta hear that, that story about that woman falling over the dishwasher door. Yeah, like— And, and be like, they did that. Like, they really made a movie. Like,
1: there's stuff I laugh at in Garden State. Not stuff Zach Braff wanted me to laugh at. <laughs> but there's stuff I laugh at. This movie is joyless and a slog.
2: Wow, yeah. Yeah, I think this is um, my second to last fave. What? Bringing Down the House is the last. Well, br-
1: yeah, Bringing Down the House is so, so brutal. Yeah. Um, well, I
2: think it's it's not a good sign when we're five minutes in and I go, oh, God, I got to apologize to Tony. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> well, you know what? We got through it. We learned we a lot about 1994. We did. I'm Sorry
2: this was the finale. Though. That's
1: okay. Uh, that's okay. I got a review that I want to share with you. Um, This one is from Variety. It's written by Leonard Clady. And um, the thing about Variety reviews is they're pretty much uniformly insufferable uh, Mm -hmm. because Variety is an industry magazine, right? So Mm -hmm. um, they usually don't write about the artistic merit of the film as much as they write about the potential of the film to earn big B.O. money. B.O. is what Mm -hmm. they call the box office. Uh, So here we go. Lean, mean, and green, the mask is unquestionably a money-making movie machine, but there's nothing mechanical or rote about the offbeat romantic adventure. This showcase for the talents of Jim Carrey is adroitly directed, no, viscerally and visually dynamic, absolutely not, and just plain fun, absolutely not. The box office will be booming, just like the title character's heart, and the film should easily emerge as one of the year's biggest commercial successes. This comic book refugee arrives with a nod to Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. In the fictional burg of Edge City, good-hearted Stanley Ipkiss works doggedly as a loan officer at a major bank. He's a very nice guy and, true to the old saw, has wound up at the appropriate lower rung of the ladder. Then comes that fateful night. I'm sorry, my voice cracked then i'm going to take puberty. it again because no. you
2: can <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's inconceivable to imagine anyone but the dexterous carry as the mask and the film sports a uniformly strong support cast no with very good villains including green and oreste's mataseña as a droll good cop torn <laughs> uh, and a droll good cop turn from reichert diaz is a real find as the femme fatale who's just looking for the right thing to do it may, be, it may only be coincidence that the green-skinned character sports a yellow-gold suit and fedora. In the commercial academy, the mask's colors are definitely green and gold. Ew. Yeah. I hate that. This movie sucks. The review sucks. Everything about this sucks. I'm glad Jim Carrey was in better stuff after this, but motherfucker. <laughs> uh, what about uh, commonsensemedia.org?
2: Well, Common Sense Media, I was really excited to see what was going on there because I found a lot of stuff last week about High School Musical and Grease and some sort of smear (laughs) campaign. Yeah,
1: a long-stretching conspiracy by the Disney Corporation. (laughs)
2: I really hoped that I would find something like that for the mask, but unfortunately not it's pretty standard. However, I did notice that there were 68 kid reviews and only 15 parent reviews. Interesting. So I wanted to see what the kids were talking about. Oh, did I find out that <laughs> these children really like the comic books? Uh, this is my favorite of the people who are angry about the adaptation from the comic series. This movie is insulting insulting (laughs) i am a fan of the comic book and when i heard of the movie and the fact that jim carrey was playing the mask i was desperate to see it only to find out that it was rated pg and worse that it was a comedy that made the movie insulting before i'd even seen it this guy's a virgin (laughs) if you're reading this you knew nothing about the comics but loved this movie you're in for a massive shock when i tell you now (laughs) <laughs> this, this is very poorly written. The comics are extremely dark, gritty, even psychologically scary at times, oh, but most importantly, like the had, Joker. <laughs> mm-hmm, had tons of gruesome graphic violence, this movie does not deliver.
1: Wow. Okay, so can we, uh, uh, sorry, I want to talk about the rating for a second, because it looks like there were two cuts of this film. I'm on IMDb right now. This oh. was ra- so. First of all, it's rated different things in different countries. Like, this was a PG in Canada, uh, and Australia. Uh, this was it says here, this was a PG 13 in the United States, but then was cut to get to a PG rating. Um, Interesting. So, I don't know which version of the film I rented, but uh, yeah, I guess like. Kind of the the question that I have in light of the review you just read is is this movie actually for children?
2: Ooh. Good question. Um, I think this was probably marketed as a family movie. Because I don't think I don't think that I would be like I need to cook dinner, so I'm gonna put a movie on for my kids. Let me put on the mask. Let me put on
1: the fucking mask. God <laughs> Let damn me it.
2: put on. If I want to put in a mafia movie, I'll put on Shark Tale.
1: Yes, the, the classic entry uh, entry level mob movie for children.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll we'll move on to Casino the year after. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a few more that yeah. I thought were pretty good. Um, one is from a very deeply disturbed parent. She writes, my seven-year-old daughter watched this at a birthday party sleepover and then asked to come home. She said the movie had guns in it and showed a guy almost dying. It's too bad the mom thought this was appropriate for seven- to eight-year-olds when clearly it has a PG-13 rating. Again, we're not sure what this rating is. (laughs) Also, I love the dig at the other mom.
1: Yeah, that's good. I want more reviews that kind of reveal um, the drama on the (laughs) cul-de-sac. Yeah
2: it would be so good um okay there were two more that i thought were ridiculous one was funny it says wow 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 i'm affected this movie was wow the green guy was making cute little balloons for little kids and then he made a gun and started shooting people this movie is violent sexual and has lots of language wow <laughs> I don't know if it's a positive review or a negative review. But they're affected.
1: <laughs> it's like it's sexual and violent or it's sexual and violent.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Uh the last one was somebody who was uh pretty happy about it. Uh the whole Okay, hold on because this is poorly written again. The parts of this movie where the guy doesn't have the mask on are boring. It just <laughs> But but just when I am about to fall asleep, he puts the mask back on, and the movie is entertaining again. The obvious special effects make the movie even more hilarious. It is fun and hilarious to watch, but the guy does rob a bank and turns a balloon into a gun. But he doesn't shoot anybody. There is a lot of smoking, but if you can get past these barriers, the over-the-topness of it all will make you laugh out loud.
1: It's
2: just like, what <laughs> a review. The
1: first 15 minutes of the mask, just going, when's that fucking mask gonna show up? <laughs>
2: i'm bored (laughs) honestly i was
1: well i mean yeah we were but that's because we're adults who who, uh hated this um yeah
2: would it let's rate our jim carrey movies do you think bruce almighty is superior to ace ventura
1: uh i'm gonna say i'm gonna say yes i'm gonna say bruce then ace then this
2: okay we could have just had a jim carrey season at this point oh
1: yeah he's very prolific so here (laughs) here's what i'm gonna ask we're at the end of the season Uh, so I would say, I'm not going to ask you to rank all 14 movies because I probably can't remember them off the top of my head. No,
2: I don't remember all of them.
1: But, um, what are like one or two of the best ones and one or two of the worst ones in your opinion?
2: Ooh, okay. I think Blazing Saddles will be in the worst category. Interesting. Because I watched it twice and still didn't understand it. And I don't like to feel dumb. So I didn't like that one. (laughs) Um, I think my favorite ones we did were Shark Tale. Wait, are we? Ta- we're talking. About, I'm not talking about the episodes. We're talking about how.
1: Yeah, we're talking about the movies. Yeah, uh, we're talking about the movies. It was Nutty Professor, Mrs. Doubtfire, Ted, Home Alone, Meet the Parents, uh, Wedding Crashers, Big, Look Who's Talking, Shark Tale, Bruce Almighty, George of the Jungle grease blazing saddles and now the mask
2: okay definitely george of the jungle top movie
1: i think you're right i really i mean followed
2: by yeah i think big is like the only one
1: i would put close to it but i Mm -hmm. I think george of the jungle might honestly be better than big i think so too
2: (laughs) it's just it's so tight it's a tight 90 minutes it's hilarious through and through i have had there's no weird woman who is yeah, molesting I, a child? I,
1: I have now had multiple people message me saying that our show re, reawakened their appreciation for George of the Jungle, which is a yeah! tremendous compliment.
2: Thank you. We love George of the Jungle. Uh, well, okay. Ted is definitely in my bottom. Okay. With the mask. Yeah. I think. Who's in your Who's in your bottom? I
1: think we have the same ones at the top. And don't ask me who's in your bottom. <laughs> 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 fucking. Uh. So. <laughs> Um, I think, I, th- you know, I think Shark Tale was r- really hit me the wrong way. Like, okay, I just really hated it. And I, think, I thought you
2: were going to watch it again. No.
1: Uh, and I think, uh, the mask, uh, is up there. I, I, I actually think it, Shark Tale, and I'd probably say The Nutty Professor is the other one. I thought this, that one was really weak.
2: Yeah. But. That's fair.
1: It was 90 minutes, and I appreciated that, uh, Blazing Saddles, I did not dislike as much as you did. I uh, I enjoyed it more, but I will acknowledge that it's definitely dated and it doesn't have any structure to it, and it definitely, I, I don't think it really holds up all that well. Um, yeah.
2: I do think Look Who's Talking is pretty high up there for me.
1: Look Who's Talking gets saved by Travolta. Um, yeah, with, for sure. With a pretty much otherwise unbearable script. Um, and honestly, like, Mrs. Doubtfire, we talked about it in the episode, the only reason Mrs. Doubtfire is good is because of Robin Williams. Like, Yeah.
2: yeah. it's a fun movie to watch.
1: Yeah, it's a fun movie to watch. The script by itself is terrible.
2: It's yeah.
1: horrifying.
2: No one else could have done it but Robin Williams. Yeah. I think that's a testament to how good the writing is, is if the actor that you got is not a, like, I don't know, genius comedian who can riff off of your script if that is not good when they're not there go back and do another draft (laughs) (laughs)
1: um so I mean like overall though this was a wonderful season I I thoroughly enjoyed doing all of these movies in in their own way some of them I just hated watching but I at least (laughs) liked talking about it with you and um I just I just really um Really had a lot of fun. I learned a great deal. And uh, it really means a Likewise. lot uh, from all the listeners. Like when we hear you guys saying, hey, I enjoyed this episode or I'm excited you're doing this. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, thank you for listening and for sticking with us for so many seasons. We definitely are coming back for a fourth season. Yes, we
1: have a plan for season four. We're not going to say what it is. Uh, we will just say that it could destroy us. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Or it could build us up.
1: Yeah, or it could make In... us stronger. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Harder, better, faster, and stronger. And
1: stronger. So on that note, <laughs> folks, uh, we love you. Thank you for listening. Uh, we are at probably Shoulda on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, tell people you love, uh, one, that you love them, and two, to listen to our show. Yeah,
2: uh, <laughs> right after. Yes,
1: we will see you next season.
0: Bye. I want you to know about you're not dead All the hate in my heart has gone out of my head It took me some time but I understand That I've made enemies when I should have stayed friends Cause it's way too much work to hate your old friend I want you to know that I'll be alright If you feel like I do you're over the fight There are nights when I can't get by But show me a person who always feels fine And I'll show you a lying sack of shit But oh I know I wouldn't think about me too But the smallest things make me remember you But it's hard when I know we were such good friends And it's hard when I know that we can never be friends I said the smallest things make me remember you. I said the smallest things make me remember you. There are nights when I miss my friends when i look through old pictures think about you again but i hope that you're happy that i'm not dead And we both ended up kind of okay in the end